Yeah, y'all know what time it is, man. It's time to get this thing going. I'm a couple minutes late, as usual. <laughs> All right, but man, y'all know what it is, man. We're talking 49ers. A little bit more Trey Lance. I know y'all probably like, man, we've been hearing it from all angles, but every time you get a little bit more, I don't want to say information, but a little bit more knowledge on this performance, you kind of want to talk about it, share it with y'all. We're going to get into all that and more right here. San Francisco 49ers morning show. Let's go. Talk Talk TV podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And as always, man, you already know what it is. I'm excited. I'm happy. You know, we're talking 49 football this morning, every morning. Let's get it. All right, so first, man, you already know what it is. If you haven't already, listen to the Locked On 49ers podcast. Myself, Brian Peacock, we come at you live five days a week on any platform that you listen to your podcast. You can find Locked On 49ers as well as the Locked On 49ers YouTube channel. You can find that in the description below. Make sure you guys listen to that. Also, it's coming up on draft time. I say one thing that's intriguing about the 49ers this season. I'm not looking forward to the draft right now, right? Like I'm focused on like this game, this Sunday. Now, obviously, you know, things can change fast in the NFL, but right now, I mean, shoot, I'd say three out of the last four years at this point is January 5th right now. Should we have been focused on the draft? So we ain't there right now. That's awesome. Hopefully this continues for another couple of weeks or longer. But uh, 49ers, man, talking about 49ers, not the draft, but if you are interested in the draft, the Locked On NFL Draft Show with myself, my guy Ryan Tracy, we are discussing all things pertaining to the NFL Draft. Make sure you guys check that out. Also, this year, I will be at the Senior Bowl. So there will be a week that might be a little difficult for me to record. I will be in Mobile, Alabama as a credentialed member of the Senior Bowl. That's exciting. A lot of people, a lot of content creators uh, from social media, Twitter, and all that. So uh, it'd be cool to see everybody in person. I've met a lot of people, but, you know, see everybody and really just get the chance to see these uh, future professional athletes up close and personal as they have the biggest job interview of their life up to this point. Shout out to everybody that's already in the chat, man. You know what? I, I, I get away with it away from it a little bit. I don't see the flames coming in as much. We see Bigfoot's mom. Uh, she got the fl flames, five flames. Y'all know what it is, man. We got to do a little mental health check. Make sure everybody's good. You know, while you listen to the show, man, we're supposed to be good, good, positive vibes, all that good stuff. All right, so uh, five flames, if you're feeling great, I'm feeling great. All right, uh, anything less than that, we need to talk about it. And I've talked about it before. I personally have not dealt with... Uh, you know, mental health issues like me personally, but close to me, you know, my wife and everything and seeing what she went went through uh, through that situation, uh, talking with her, the thing that helped her the most was having me there and being able to talk to me about it. And for a while, feeling like she had nobody to talk to. And most people, when they talk about mental health, again, it's, it's hard for me. I, I, 
the only thing I could relate to is my wife's situation. But hearing other people, AJ Brown, he opened up about it. Feels like a lot of times they feel like they have nobody to talk to. And they kind of like keep it in. They start to like contemplate suicide and stuff like that. So we don't want that to happen, man. I love everybody that tunes in. I love everybody, period. Uh, that's just the type of person I am. And uh, yeah, if you ever feel like, you know, you have no one to talk to, you always got croc. All right, you always got croc. So uh, get them flames coming in. See Julian with the flames. There we go. Marion with the flames. Looks like people are starting to feel good. CT got four flames. We need that up to five. Let's go. All right, Scott. Okay. Dion, four flames. Let's talk about it when you come on. Uh, Jalen. All right. Okay. We got to get these flames up, though. So, Jason, Jason, I would love for you to come on the show. Let me know if you want to come on and just talk about it. and Or if you want to talk about something in private, uh, shoot me a DM on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker. I will uh, give you my phone number, and we can have that conversation. How did I not put over put up my layover? Boom. There we go. All right. I'm, I'm up now. All right. <clears throat> so, yeah, man, if you, if you need someone to talk to, Holla at me, you know what I'm saying? Shoot me a DM, I'll shoot you my number, and we can rap, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uncle feels like shit, but he's doing okay. Awesome. So I hope everybody's been saying their prayers. I know I said a prayer for Victor and his uncle. His uncle has, I forget exactly what it was, but uh, he started his chemo. So you guys keep Victor's uncle in his prayers, in your prayers, excuse me. Keep his uncle in your prayers for sure. We got the sooner we lose, the sooner Shanahan will be fired. I don't think Shanahan's gonna be fired this year, but let's talk about it. The 49ers are technically move my light. The 49ers are technically in a it I put must win in parentheses or in quotes because it's not necessarily a must win. And the 49ers will know if it's a must win heading into the game. The Saints who play the Atlanta Falcons right now. It's really weird. It's a weird dynamic with the three teams. You got the Eagles, you got the 49ers, you got the Saints, all able to be in a three-way tie. And for whatever reason, if they are in a three-way tie, the 49ers are the odd team out. So the easiest way to take care of that is to win. Now, again, it's tougher when you have a rookie quarterback going into his third start of his career, and we'll get into that. But this is not the ideal situation for the 49ers to be in right now, right? Or for any team. So the Eagles, although the Eagles and the 49ers have the exact same record and the 49ers beat the Eagles, the Eagles are the ones that are, they've clinched. And I believe the reason why they have clinched is because they have more conference wins than the 49ers. I think that's what it is. So uh, that's not good news for the 49ers. Now, it's coming down to the 49ers and the Saints. The Saints, they play the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> all right? And we all know the Atlanta Falcons, they're not hot. But I will say, I don't think it's just a gimme win for the Saints. I think the Saints are a good team because they are well coached. I don't think they're a good win because of their offense, which is crazy. Their offense has been carrying them for, I don't know, most of you know, the past decade. Their defense carries them now. Their defense is really good. Their defense takes the ball away. Uh, they generate the turnovers. They got guys flying around. The defense is really good, right? So you look at kind of 
the scenario there. And to me, it ultimately leads to the fact that the 49ers, they, they got to win. And they have to win going into Los Angeles, which is essentially a home game away from home for the San Francisco 49ers. I know the 49er faithful going to be live, turned up. I'm going to be there live. I'm going to be there turned up. Matter of fact, I'm going to all the stuff this weekend. So if y'all there, man, holla at me. We can link up, you know, all that good stuff. Um, I'll be at the Invasion stuff Saturday, uh, early Saturday. I'll be at John Chapman stuff on uh, Saturday evening. I believe it starts at 6.30. Uh, I, if y'all need the details of that, check my Twitter. Do I still have the link? I might not have the link pinned right now, but I will pin it later. Uh, John Chapman from 49er Rush. Uh, podcast. He has his stuff going on. I'll be there live and direct. We did that in Philadelphia, man, and it was a great time. I ain't gonna lie. We was out there in Philly. All the fans was at the uh, the thing. He does giveaways, signed jerseys, all kind of stuff. So if y'all in the LA area and y'all want to be a part of that, let me know. You know what I'm saying? Go to my Twitter. I, I'll, I'll post it again today and have the link up there for y'all to see. But uh, I'm going to be involved with everything this weekend, try to get the ultimate experience. It gets boring watching the game by yourself in, in Arkansas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what do I do? All right, let's go hop on the flight to California and check out this must-win game. I know it's going to cost a little money, but I got my guy. He says, uh, don't get too hammered, Croc. I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you this. And shout out to everybody that was buying me drinks and everything uh, when we were at the, not the invasion, but the John Chapman's thing out there, the Rush uh, meetup. They bought me a ton of drinks. I did not get drunk. So it takes a lot to get me drunk now somehow. Much I can handle my alcohol a lot better than I could early on. All right, so um, I'm, you know who was hammered? Jason Aponte. Jason Aponte, he was hammered. He was hammered. All right, but anyway, let's get into it, man. Trey Lance. I watched his breakdown uh, on the QB school with JT O'Sullivan. Did y'all watch that? You guys, if you guys watched JT O'Sullivan's breakdown of Trey Lance, Give me a thumbs up. If you didn't, give me a thumbs down, and we'll talk about it. All right. I believe there was another person that did a breakdown. I did not watch this breakdown, and it might be a little bit more detailed in the sense of just more plays with uh, Jack Hammer. He's with he's with Grant Cohn, I believe. All right. So I didn't watch Jack Hammer's yet. I'll get into that. But I definitely watched uh, J.T. O'Sullivan. J.T. O'Sullivan, that's my go-to guy. You know what I'm saying? J.T. O'Sullivan, that's my go-to guy. So eventually I have to try to get him on the show. I'll get him on the show, man. I'll get him on the show. But I don't know, and I would like to see what your major takeaways were, but I would say my takeaway from JT's breakdown was just there's a lot of room for growth with Trey Lance. A lot of room for growth. And you could see, and he said it, like you could tell he was he was kind of frustrated with it because he he sees it from both sides, right? He sees it from the coach's side, which is when I call play, I want you to execute the play as I call it. And you can see, and you can see areas where Trey Lance kind of, I don't want to say freelance has done his own things, but you know who it really reminds me a lot of? It reminds me almost identical to Deshaun Watson. It's 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 like watching Deshaun Watson. It's like watching young Deshaun Watson if you, Deshaun Watson didn't have as many reps heading into his rookie year. 
That's what it reminds me of. So, like, there was still this element of Deshaun Watson being more comfortable just throwing the ball around. Like, that was clear. Like, you know, Deshaun Watson is just slinging it, slinging it. But and I heard um, I heard my guy Dante Whitner talk about it on KMBR where he was saying, one read, guys, one read, one read. And Deshaun Watson, and I remember even tweeting this out, and I just remember Deshaun Watson, like, watching him and being like, Oh, Kyle Shanahan. This, this is what I said. <laughs> oh, Kyle Shanahan wouldn't really like Deshaun Watson because he's he looks at the first thing. He'll stare down DeAndre Hopkins. If it's not there, he moves to make a play. And he makes plays. But for some quarter, uh, coaches who want it done a certain way, right, like they want it like, you know, it's like, hey, top of the drop, boom, ball out. Deshaun Watson sometimes wouldn't do exactly that. And that's what I'm seeing from Trey Lance. There were areas where, or, you know, situations where he dropped back, the ball out, boom, slant. It should be there. He was a little hesitant. Now, obviously, and as you could see in that breakdown, and then when you listen to guys, he settled down in the second half and maybe start getting to those things. But I do think that's going to continue for the most part. It's going to continue to kind of, be a thing where he's not 100% sure what he sees from the other side. That's that's evident, all right? But he has just this playmaking ability, things that you just can't teach, whether it's his arm strength, whether it's his ability to make certain throws. And I thought JTL Sullivan did a really good job of talking about both things where, yes, I know this is probably frustrating that he does this bootleg and doesn't hit George Kittle right now with an opportunity to catch and run. But – he buys time, fakes, falls back, and throws a laser to Trent Sherfield, pass stars down. So it's tough. Do you tell him, hey, like, just get this out, get this out? And those are things that he's going to continue to work on, continue to work on. I would bet when he goes into this offseason with his quarterback coach, Quincy Avery, a big thing is going to be, Get the ball out right now. And what's our footwork on those quick throws? An uh, issue that JTL Sullivan had was he continued to point out the fact that, hey, there's just something a little off with the footwork, whether it's that's what they're teaching him or whether it's just him. Again, I would say this. With as uncomfortable as he was in that game and will continue to be throughout the rest of this season, uh, just because he's not sure what he's seeing, right? As uncomfortable as he was, for him to be able to make the plays that he did, for him to be able to make the throws that he did, for him to be able to throw BBs, make plays on the moves, you have to be very encouraged by that. The biggest thing that I was looking for heading into this game was, you know, how does he improve from the Arizona game to this game? And I thought the Arizona game and in preseason, right, preseason as well, you saw some wild misses, right? Slant route, wide open, shoots it five yards over somebody's head. So you saw like, man, really great play. Wow, that was really ugly, right? You saw a lot of those type of plays. Didn't see that this game. Didn't see the ugly misses. Obviously, he threw the one short to George Kittle. But as far as just like the ugly misses, like you saw second half of the Seahawks game, like you saw in the Arizona game, you didn't, you didn't see the ugly misses. And I told people, I told y'all, the more comfortable he gets, the less you're going to see him 
with the ugly misses because I don't care what anybody says. I watched them. And again, you revert back to the North Dakota State film. It's a 19-year-old kid. It's a 19-year-old kid. That's what he was. And I and, and it's tough because you watch that film and you watch who he was at 19 years old. And then all of a sudden you have to project that to the NFL. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, by the time he gets drafted, he gets drafted at 20 years old. He barely turns 21 uh, shortly after that. Very limited amount of reps and throws. So there has always been a big room for growth. But then you see some of the throws that he's able to make, some of the things he's able to do, and you see why the 49ers won on this special. Now, can you get him to just be better in the quick game? I'd say that. that that's where if there's an area where he can improve and at least just be more in the quick game. Quick game. And I do think some of it is going to be with his feet. I saw one of them where you would think at the top of the drop, you know, his ball supposed to come out now, and he was kind of still getting settled in with his feet. I'm not a quarterback coach. Got Greg Pinelli for that, right? But you see areas where it's just like, I could see why he's potentially a little bit late on that. Uh, if you haven't watched the QB school breakdown of him, again, watch that with J.T. Sullivan. He talked about it on that slant that he completed to Debo. Yeah, he completed to Debo. I believe it was on maybe the two-minute drive where he was a, a little late, right? Now, he's still able to get in there. He has a gun. He has a hose for an arm. But he was a, a little late, and it made it to where – now Debo has, you know, he doesn't have the ability to, excuse me, either break the tackle or, you know, uh, have a catch and run opportunity, right? Because it's just a, it's just, it's just a, little, a little late. And those are things that he's going to continue to improve on. Uh, when I talked to my guy, Greg Pinelli, and I talked to him about the Debo pass, the one that Debo Samuel dropped, right? Uh, he put it on Debo, boom. What, he's th what Greg said, and again, this might align with what, J.T. O'Sullivan said later in the game or later in his breakdown, Greg was talking about this slant to Debo that Debo dropped, and he said that he was a little late on the throw, and it might all have to do with his feet. Now, obviously, he hit Debo right here. It's like, hey, you got to catch that. But what he's thinking is from the receiver perspective, the longer he carries out this slant, the more it's like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of getting in a little bit of trouble, right? And you start to think about all the other moving pieces as opposed to, okay, foot in the ground, I'm breaking on my route, boom, ball's on me, boom, now I can catch and run. Debo, you know, starts to know, okay, I'm starting to run into some trouble here. Lack of focus, boom, results in the drop. So I remember Greg saying, oh, he got to get the ball out a little quicker. Uh, you know, like throwing just just a little quicker with his decision-making. Same with JT O'Sullivan. He said that with the slant that Debo did catch. So I think the big thing that we're, we're talking about here is footwork improving improving his footwork on in quick game improving his footwork in quick game i think that's going to be one of the biggest things that he works on this offseason and again it's not bad right he's he's at a good starting point i work with a lot of athletes i work with a lot of dbs and a lot of times i'll tell a parent like man you know some kids is like damn this kid's super raw some kids is like hey He's at a good starting point. This is a good point to start with, and I can build on that. And when I look at Trey Lance and you look at this game, and again, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs still. I, I thought this was a good game for him overall in, the, in totality, good game for him. But there's going to be good, there's going to be bad moving forward. 
He can go out in L.A. and have an ugly game. But I still will reference the Texans game as to what it looks like in the sense of kind of where he is. There's still a lot of unknown with, with Trey Lance right now, but I'm very encouraged by where he's headed. Now, we talk about the Rams game, and you know who's on the other side. You got Aaron Donald. He's a game wrecker. Aaron Donald's a game wrecker. They got a few guys that can really wreck the game. And I think for him, we talked about the quick game just now and getting the, the ball out of his hands quick. That's going to be something that you're going to really want to do when you got Aaron Donald on the other side because I can guarantee you this. He's not really running away from Aaron Donald. Now, he can – obviously, he can run away from some people a little bit, right? He's not, like, hella fast. But, again, Deshaun Watson athleticism. Deshaun Watson athleticism where it's like, okay, if it's there, I can take off and I can have a big game. Uh, also can get outside the pocket and I can run for 15 yards. He could do that. Is he, you know, not Lamar Jackson, not Kyler Murray or anything like that. All right. But definitely he, he he can run. But Aaron Donald will get up on you quick. His short area burst and that quickness is like, it's out of this world. So you, you're you not going to want to make a habit of, okay, I'm at the top of my drop. It's, it's or it's a three-step drop. And on the three-step or, or, you know, or in the quick game, I'm taking more steps than I have to. And all of a sudden, I got this freak of nature, Aaron Donald, in my face. That's not ideal. So I am curious to see how they work on the the quick game with him as far as his feet go. And I think it's all the feet. Now, there might be some people that talk about his release. Again, and it's crazy, right? Because you didn't hear nobody really talk about his release in the Texans game. Matter of fact, people are like, oh, it's sped up. I don't know if it's sped up. I think he's being quicker with his decision-making. For the most part, still can improve. But when I talked to JT O'Sullivan after his first start, he did a breakdown of Trey Lance. And I said, JT, any release, I mean, any issues with his release? There were a lot of people talking about his loopy release and his long and his low and all that. And, G and JT O'Sullivan responded saying this, no issues with release. <laughs> like, just straight up, no issues with release. So a lot of people made a big deal out of his throwing motion and all that. Clearly, nobody made any – they had no issues with it against the Texans. I do believe a lot of it starts with his feet. That was the issue that my guys said, whether it was Greg Pinelli, whether it was J.T.L. Sullivan, they said it's the feet. And I think he's improving. And I think that's why his accuracy was able to improve. I also think that he's improving on what he's seeing from the defense but still has a way to go. But even then, when everything breaks down, he's able to – you know, he, he's able to utilize his athletic ability that he does possess. Against the, the Rams, though, the, it's a must-win situation. This is a pressure-packed situation for a guy in his third start. And I and I and I don't want to I don't want to give him a cop-out, right? Like, dude, you are an NFL player. This is what the situation is. All right. It's it it, it, it is what it is. You're in the NFL, you got drafted really high. But I still keep an open mind as far as what this guy is. You know, being a rookie, uh, being in his third start. We're, we're not even talking about, okay, he's in this pressure-packed situation, but he has started seven, 16 games up until this point. He's in his third start. So knowing that, who is on the other side? We talked about it. Let me look right now. Rams defensive coordinator. And it is – who is it? No, it's not Wade Phillips. It's not Brandon Staley. Raheem Morris. 
All right. So if I'm Raheem Morris, I'm throwing everything at this rookie. I'm throwing everything at him. I'm going to confuse him. I'm going to disguise every, disguise everything. I'm sending blitzes. I'm sending everything at him. And those are a lot of things that he had never seen before. And that's a tough thing when you're playing a rookie. There's so much unknown. There's so much that he hasn't seen. And on the fly, he's going to have to figure out, how do I handle this? Like, how do I handle this? If I see this coming at me, but then he drops back and then they come off this side. I've never seen that before. How do I, how do I react to that? Those are the things that's going to give him, I don't want to say give him trouble, but I definitely expect him to have some weird moments. I expect it. Yes, Raheem Morris was the former Atlanta coach. I also believe he was the head coach for a little bit for Tampa Bay. He's been a defensive guy for a long time in the NFL. So, uh, you know, he done been there, seen there, seen it, done that with everything around the league. Raheem Morris is going to throw everything he has at this rookie and give him a lot of looks that he had never seen before. A lot of looks. You know, different stunts, looks. And what you want to try to do is freeze the young rookie within his thought process. You know, that was one of my things why a lot of people are like, who would you rather start, Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance? And my thing is like, well, are they both 100%? Because I know that regardless of what Jimmy G does, and, you know, I understand who he is, and I know he's going to have some weird moments, also, no, he didn't see everything. So you even might get him, but I think it's not going to rattle him and he'll be able to adjust with a rookie. There's still that unknown. So I am excited to see it. I'm excited to see him against the Rams. I don't think that the stage will be too big for him. He seems like somebody that the way he carries himself is like, yeah, I got to settle down like anybody else, but I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. But I do have a guest coming on and I want to ask him for his thoughts on how he feels about this performance, Trey Lance, where he where he's at, how he feels about Trey Lance going into this game, and uh, his thoughts just on where the 49ers are heading into this Rams game. Here we go real quick. Uh, just keep it real, Croc. You know it's Trey time. I I do know it's Trey time, but I'm, I'm just speaking on in the sense of if I was a defensive coordinator, how would I be viewing this game? And it's I'm throwing everything at this rookie. I know he ain't seen none of this. All right, but we're going to bring my guy on right now, and we're going to see if what he thinks about this. So you guys go ahead and welcome my guy, Wayne Breezy. What's going Good on, Croc? <laughs> good morning, man. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing real good, man. Thanks for having me on, bro. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, I'm listening to you, man. Look, you you bring a really good insight. I mean, you bring the, the real to the game, right? Like, so you're, you're giving – you're not – I'm not saying you're not showing favoritism in any kind of way. You're saying, look, man, this kid is a rookie. So if I'm a DC, they should just bring it at him. He sh no rookie should be able to handle everything we can throw, including the kitchen sink. Right. So you're speaking facts. Right. Um, and so I just wanted to give you a thumbs up on that. But, you know, I'm I'm a Trey Lance guy. Man. I've been I've been a Trey Lance guy since, the you know, you know, pre-draft, pre-draft, you know. And so yeah. uh, and, and here's the reason why. 
the 49ers haven't seen uh, uh, haven't had a quarterback that can think when plays break down, bro, like stuff can just be extended just off of pure athleticism or, or pure wit or pure, whatever it is to make a play happen. I mean, you can say Jeff Garcia might've been the last quarterback that we've seen do things off script. I guess that's the correct term you want to call it. Steve young was a master at it. Right. But it took him time to even get acclimated into the 49ers, you know, stint of being a quarterback because Joe Montana had did things his way for so long when we saw Steve Young we didn't know what to expect matter of fact Steve Bono was the guy that was actually better and he was the third string quarterback at the time until <laughs> the game slowed down for Steve Young I think what we're seeing from Trey Lance and what you see if you saw from week five to week 17 um, you actually saw progression from the kid right you saw him make his mistakes and the cool thing I like about Trey is that it just doesn't seem like he's making the same mistakes over and over. Now, I'm not going to talk about mechanics. That's your job. I'm just talking about mistakes, like the way he throw, like his throws, him missing this read, missing that read. His mechanics is probably going to be off for a time. Right. I mean, it's going to take time for him to get it unless that's what they're teaching him. Um, if you watch the, you know, the quarterback room with with your bro. Um, Uh, Sullivan, he was talking about that. I mean, they might actually be teaching him how to throw like this. I wouldn't, but it could be the way that they have him doing his throws, the way he's stepping into his throws. Uh, What I saw from Trey Lance in week 17, though, was a person. Hold on, hold on, real quick. I want to ask you first. Well, matter of fact, first, real quick before I even ask you a question. Let everybody know where you're coming from. Like, you know what I'm saying? What what you got, your YouTube? Because I didn't even give you a proper introduction, man. So let them know where they can find you real quick, you know, your YouTube channel and all that stuff. For sure. Listen, man, I'm Wayne Breezy. So if you want to see some more 49er content, we got a nitty gritty Niners talk show over there. I got three amazing hosts that host the show with me each and every Monday, Thursday. We do brilliant shows on Patreon and break things down as well. But if you go to uh, YouTube.com backslash Wayne Breezy, that's where you'll find it. You know what I'm saying? And we have guests right. on as well. All right. So. All right. So. I want to ask you real quick. Actually, we have a super chat right here from my guy, Big Dez. He said, Breezy in this. You already know what he's saying. Uh, can we, he said, uh, I, I got my glasses on. I'm sorry, y'all. Hold on. Let me maximize this real you. quick. I got you, bro. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> he, says, can, <laughs> he says, can we cure some of those pass blitzes with our run game? Rams linebackers suspect as hell. Run game and kiddo should shine. Oh, my gosh. Listen. Listen, Big Dez, I feel like you're in my playbook inside of my head, right? Because I got to do my morning show once I jump off of here and your show is over. I got to do a morning show and my show is going to be based around something he said in there. I'm not going to give it away, but it's going to be based around something he said. But he's right. Like, we got to figure out how to cure these past blitzes. Because if you saw in that game, Trey Lance got sacked one time. It was on a linebacker blitz, right? It was a delayed linebacker blitz at that. So it's not like the blitzer just came right and shot the gap. It, he came at the right time. He delayed it. Boom. It was right in Trey's fans. There, there was nothing he could do to get out of that blitz. I know a lot of people say Trey took a sack. No, he didn't take the sack. I mean, the, the blitz was there. What did you want him to do? There's nowhere for him to throw the ball. Um, but I do agree with this. What do you think about this? Uh, yeah. One second. Let me get back to that one. I think with blitzes again, like if I'm, if I'm a defensive coordinator, that's what I'm throwing at that's a rookie true. Trey Lance because – Okay, I know there's going to be a lot of looks that he just has not seen. And I actually thought the Texans defensive coordinator, Lovey Smith, I thought he did a good job. He did it's a Lovey hell Smith, of a right? job. No, wait. Yeah. Is it no, Lovey Smith? It's Lovey Smith. He did a hell of a job. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about Lovey Smith. That's a defensive guru. So for everybody like, oh, it's just the Texans. It's like, I thought Lovey Smith did a really good job of throwing a lot of different looks at Trey Lance. And 
Morris, he's going to do a, a lot of the same. So, I mean, that's what I would do. Uh, big game for, for Kittle. Again, I think Quiddle, or Quiddle, Kittle, where he'll shine most, is in the quick game. Yep. And I think that's the area where Trey Lance probably has to do the most improving. Uh, real quick, got a, another contribution here. Cap plus Mahomes equals Trey Lance. I, I don't want to say that. You know, I mean, like that's um, – hey, I, I don't want to say that. A matter of fact, I mean, I'll just right off bat show you kind of or talk to you about some of the things that are different. Or oh, one cap, I think his arm was actually a little bigger. Cap, he could throw the Lance ball. has a hose. Yeah, yeah. Cap, that thing could carry. It's not like way stronger or anything like that. But cap, and I think cap straight line speed was faster. Was yes, like it was. cap, he get up to full speed, and, and and you're not catching him from behind. He was able to have 90 yard touchdown runs and stuff like that. Um, as far as Mahomes, I see. I'd say right now, and I'm just talking about the things what those guys do better, and maybe where Trey Lance has room to grow. But as far as Mahomes goes, I think just being more of a natural thrower, mm -hmm. just uh, more comfortable throwing the ball. Now, again, he had tons and tons and tons of reps throwing the ball at Texas Tech. So it's not like Trey Lance can't get there. But it was evident even, you know, whenever you watch him, even if you go back to college and watch uh, Mahomes at Texas Tech, he was so natural and comfortable throwing the ball. I think Trey Lance still has to kind of work to get there. He can get there, but he's just so youthful in his attempts that he's thrown. I have another contribution here, and it's our guy. Here we go, Symmetry7. He said, Breezy and Crock Connect. Let's go. That's my guy right there. I love That's when he comes on yes, here. But, um, and I'll leave that up. But what I want to ask you is, what were your expectations, right? What were the things that you wanted to see from, you know, we saw the game and we saw Trey Lance in the preseason. We saw him against Arizona. And what things did you feel like you were looking forward to seeing how he improved on those things heading into the Houston Texans game? Look, I, I honestly, I expected him to go out there and make mistakes. And, and then I guess if you want me, if you want to know what I was hoping or what I was expecting from him was how would he learn from those mistakes? Could he learn right on the fly? And so if you go first half to second half, can we all agree that, he matured just like that. Now you can give credit to Kyle Shanahan, um, uh, uh, the offensive coordinator at McDaniels. You can give credit to them because they adjusted. Because you just said that Lovey Smith had a game plan and he literally took Trey off of his game plan. Even though Trey was five for six, you know, it wasn't big numbers, but he, you know, his completions were there, but he was knocking him off of his will a little bit, speeding up Trey, uh, Trey's clock in that first first and second quarter, and it wasn't until those 38 seconds where Trey just said, boop, 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 and you hear George Kittle say, hey, man, it's, when you go 38 seconds, man, it's easier to keep stuff moving because you get into a quicker rhythm. And so I think I thought you were right on when you said Lovey Smith kind of had a game plan for him. Well, they adjusted. Trey adjusted, and even after, bro, after the interception, the first play in the second half, it was a pick. He still found a way to overcome that adversity. And then you saw him get more comfortable, um, even with that that last throw he had uh, where he missed Debo Samuel, where Kyle Shanahan, I thought, was chewing him out on the sideline. Look, man, you can't miss that throw. That's a touchdown. Like, like you know what I mean? And so, like, you see the growth. You see the maturity. And now it comes down to making the right reads and the right throws 
can he continue to let the game slow down for him uh, and so he can make those reads? Because when you watch the quarterback breakdown from the quarterback room, you saw, I was like, dang, I didn't even realize. Like, yeah, he should have dumped this ball to Kittle, but it looked like Kittle was about to get hit the moment he caught the pass. So he went for Trey. It depends how quick you get it out to him. I, I think okay. if you, because if, okay. say if that were Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo would snap his head around and get it to him right now. Right there. Like right. there's no hesitation. So that gives... Kittle a chance to catch and run right now. If you wait a split second, then the defender starts to close, and yeah, you get it to him, but it may might be only be a two yard gain. So again, those are at. like subtle things that I believe you know Trey Lance will continue to learn and improve on and get comfortable with. I, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, we did uh, we had a question here, and I want you to answer it as well. Or first, I want to answer. There's people who say, talking about Kittle in here. And we'll, we'll get to Symmetry 7's uh, thing real quick. But I, I want to show this because I, I, I saw someone post this on Twitter. All right. And uh, where is it at? Where is it at? One second. And I had said, hey, man, it you know, it doesn't look like uh, Kittle hates J Jimmy or, or, or Trey or whatever everybody's thinking right now. So let me share my screen real quick. And this should, it should erase a lot of what people think about the whole George Kittle and Trey Lance thing. Oh yeah. So here it is. You got Trey Lance. Love this angle. Uh, play action. Good. Big boot. Right, baby. He said, let it rip. Now they talk about Trey. They talk about Kittle. They talk about Trey Lance. Watch George Kittle. Look at him. I mean, come on. Is that not a guy that's excited for the rook? Hey, bro. There's even better feed than this, bro. When you go watch the mic'd up and you listen to it, I saw the mic'd up too. I'm saying yeah. to myself, like, and, and the cool thing I liked about it was the simple fact that he big he big Trey Lance up on the good throws and the bad throws. Like he, you know, like listen, man, you got this kid. Like, come on, like you know, and it wasn't even about him getting the passes. Man, Kittle is, in, in my opinion, that's what I expect leaders to do. Now we're not gonna get into this, but in my opinion, that's a leader. Right. All right, by the way, guys, if you guys uh, came in here a little bit late, you know, obviously I'm Eric Crocker. I got my guy joining me, my guy Wayne Breezy from the nitty-gritty nitty Niner gang. All yes, right, uh, my guy Wayne, Wayne uh, Symmetry7 says, Crocky, do you believe that the Rams will rather face Jimmy or Trey? I'm leaning Jimmy, but I can see how Trey provides more mystery. That's a good if, question. If it's me, again, I kind of go back to my thoughts on if I'm a defensive coordinator, if I'm a D.C., I would rather face Trey Lance right now. Now, I'm not saying Trey Lance next year, but I would rather face Trey Lance right now because in his third start, I know there's a lot of things and looks that he just has not seen and will be unsure how to react to it. So if I'm a defensive coordinator, I would rather face Trey. Now, again, there is a little mystery with Trey, a lot of mystery with Trey, and they're still unknown. And you don't know how much, like, there could be more of that, uh, 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 Kyle Shanahan adds to his plate, right? There could be more that they expand on. He could be getting more and more comfortable with what they're doing, and then you can see an even better version. But again, I, I look at all rookies, and I know they have these ups and downs. So if it's me, I would rather play the rookie and be confident in my ability to rattle the young kid. That's if I'm the Rams. What are your thoughts on that? I agree, man. I think you always want to play a rookie. I mean, I think that's what head coaches kind of like – feast on right you giving me a rookie like i was hoping you know kyle shanahan and um 
and D'Amico Ryan's like, we got a rookie quarterback named Davis Mills. Yo, let's chew this cat up, which they did. They kind of had him rattled. I mean, he had a couple of big throws in the game, but they kind of had him rattled. And so if you're a defensive coordinator, you want the rookie, uh, and especially since Jimmy's like 5-0 and against the Rams. I don't know if they want a Jimmy Garoppolo because he kind of beats he beats the Rams. It's not even a kind of beats the Rams. It's like, if there's not one team Jimmy can beat, it's the Rams. Like, that's who he beats <laughs> every year. All right. Do you believe that uh, Jimmy is helping Trey in the game? So you can't ask me this question because I'm going to get uh, – like, you, you want to say yes, but we don't see it, right? And so if he is, it's it's super hidden, right? It's not it's not out there for us to see. It's not – I don't see Jimmy, you know, pumping up Trey. I mean, we did see one picture or a small video clip of him dapping up Trey at some point. I don't know if it was this game or if it was in any other game or it was a practice, whatever. We did see that. But I, I don't know if Jimmy's out there trying to help Trey. I'm hoping he is because that's what leaders do. Yeah, and that was something, again, and I, I don't want to look too much into something that's potentially not there or not an issue, right? Right. But you, you do typically see a guy come, you know, Come over, talk to him, sit next to him. I saw Sudfield sitting next to him and the OC. I saw Jimmy kind of laughing and stuff with his buddies, you know, just talking like just normal sideline talk. So now I'm not saying Jimmy's not helping him. I bet if you ask Trey Lance, he'd say He'll Jimmy Grapple yes. has been a huge help. Yep. So I, I don't want to look too much into it, but I do agree that we didn't really get a chance to see that visual right. of Jimmy right. helping Trey out. But I'm yeah. sure it's going on. I'm sure it's, it's going, going on. I, 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 I agree. Wanna... Hey, let me ask you this question because you, you played in the league. Do corner do do veteran quarterbacks typically like commu communicate with the other quarterbacks? Because I know for a fact Aaron Rodgers ain't helping out Jordan Love. I mean, you know that. I know that it's been <laughs> put out there, and I don't think Green Bay Packer fans care, right? They like because they got an Aaron Rodgers. But do you do you see that? Does that happen? Is this normal? Like, what do you think? I think all quarterbacks are different. You, okay. you have some guys that are just like, you know, listen, you know, I know you're here to take my spot. You're going to have to learn by watching what I do, and I'm not going to talk to you as much. And I think that was the case between Favre and Aaron Rodgers, yeah, right? Aaron Rodgers, yeah. You know, but I, I think the situation, you could look at it one or two ways. You know, and I look at it with my experience, right? I'm with the New York Jets. I'm a rookie. They draft D. Milliner. You know, obviously there is Antonio Camardi. I remember being in the meeting room. I remember when they drafted D. Miller, D. Miller the number nine overall, Comardi mm -hmm. was like, I know I ain't going to be here next year. And he wasn't. He was right. He wasn't there the next year. <laughs> but he didn't let that affect how he interacted with the rookie okay. D. Miller. You know what I'm saying? He still was like, hey, you know, do this, do that, woo, woo. Even with me, I mean, he didn't have to. Like, Cromartie didn't have to pull me aside and be like, hey, you know, instead of doing this, do like this. And he would just stand there and work with me on things with like my press technique and, hey, sh you know, use this technique right here with your feet. Or, hey, if you get this type of release, try this step, you know? So I think a lot of it depends on the person and understanding what their role is and what the situation is. I think with Jimmy Garoppolo, I would assume he's he would be more inclined to help Trey Lance because he knows he's gone, mm -hmm. right? Like at the end of the day, they use all his draft capital to trade up to number three overall, to draft this quarterback, I'm out of here. As opposed to, you know, a guy like, let's say, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, or Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. 
-hmm. Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, Tom Tom Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers feel like, how dare, I'm at the peak of my game still. Like, I'm balling. How dare you bring in somebody and he's supposed to be the future. I'm going to go out there and show you I ain't done. I'm playing several more years at a very high level. And I think that's why maybe it comes off as different when, you know, when you look at the situation between those guys and maybe Jimmy Garoppolo being a little bit more open to helping Trey Lance. Now, again, I do, I'm pretty sure there was a little awkwardness because everybody in the locker room knows kind of what the deal is. I saw this firsthand with Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez mm -hmm. where Geno, <laughs> Geno was drafted. He was drafted second round. Mark Sanchez, you know, he had went to two AFC championship games with the Jets. And and you got Gino coming in, and it was just like, okay, Jimmy's or uh Gino's gonna be the guy, you know. And but I thought Mark Sanchez still handled it well in the sense of helping him from what I saw. Now, again, I, I'm I was a defensive guy, those guys were on offense, but just seeing how they interacted in the locker room, uh seeing how they interacted with me, I spent more time with Gino. Like, you know what I'm saying? We'd be chilling in the hotels and stuff like that. I didn't really spend time with Sanchez unless we were like in the locker room just talking or messing around. I thought he did a good job of just kind of letting everybody know I'm just a guy. But I think sometimes when the writing's on the wall, it's a little bit more <laughs> acceptable for the quarterback. Right. But right. when you are a guy like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, where you've played at such a high level, it's probably more of a how dare you thing. And, and Or even Brett Favre. It's like a how dare you bring somebody in when I'm playing at such a high level and it's probably harder to help that younger guy. That's just, again, my kind of assumption. We had a super chat here from 49ers Daddy. So, in my opinion, Alex Smith is a rare breed as a mentor. Uh, see, I don't think so. Yeah, I, like, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, like, yeah, I think, again, he had to go through this twice. And, and both times, I'm sure he did not like the situation. Now, especially with the Kaepernick situation, the 49ers, it's like Alex Smith had went through so many tough times with the 49ers. Oh I mean, God. they were asked. Everybody wanted to get rid of Alex Smith. Even when they brought him back for that one year, uh, you know, when they had re-signed him, people were like, oh, my gosh. They're, you know, why is Harbaugh bringing him back? And then next thing you know, he has a great year. They go to the NFC Championship game. I'm pretty sure he's thinking, like, okay, I'm finally in my groove. I'm finally fi finding, like, where I fit. I'm playing well. At the time he got hurt, I believe the 49ers were probably like, what, 7-1 and one at that time. Or, mm -hmm. And I think they end up losing that game. So they end up being 7-2 and two in his starts to start that year. He gets a concussion. Kaepernick gets his opportunity. And they never look back. I know that's tough. Even if he did help. You know, just that type of situation. Feeling like, hey, this is my team. And all of a sudden, it's not my team. It's this guy number seven's team. You know, um, that's tough. So I'm pretty sure he, because of that experience, he was better suited to deal with it with Mahomes and kind of understanding the writing was on the wall. But what are kind of your thoughts on uh, Alex Smith as a mentor? Yeah, man. I, if if he did, if he was a mentor, I, I don't know. I, like that's tough because I know Alex Smith is still bitter to that regime in San Francisco, right? Like he he loves San Francisco. He loves the you know the team and what's or, or whatnot, but that particular regime, I think he felt like they did him dirty, right? Because he all he did was get injured and he lost his job from an injury, not because of his gameplay, like not because of the the decline of Alex Smith. It was more like, yo, man, this kid is hot and he's doing things you ain't doing, so we're just gonna stick with the hot hand. And so I'm not even knocking hardball for that because 
Cap was something different. He was he he he, pro, he provided a whole different type of electricity. You know what I'm saying to the San Francisco brand, right? And so it was just weird. So for Alex to kind of mentor Cap, I don't see it much. But maybe like you said, since he started to understand, hey man, this is this is how the business is, yo. Like you you you're as good as your last game, yo. And so it is what it is. So when I come in. The, Kansas City, he did. He was doing his thing there too. And the thing that made that worse is they drafted Patrick Mahomes, right? So they, so, so he kind of knew his time was coming to an end. Well, they drafted Kaepernick too, though. Remember, they drafted Kaepernick yeah, second round this same but, year. But, but we didn't know. We didn't know who Kaepernick. It wasn't as high. Yeah, like get, the, the more you invest, to, the more right, you know. So right. they they traded up for Mahomes, right? And they traded up from pick twenty seven to right. pick ten, I believe it was. So it's like, okay, somebody moving up 17 spots. Right. You know, the writing is kind of on the wall. Right, it's on the wall, right? So you know when you when Mahomes is ready, he's gonna be ready, ready. But he also also will say this in that situation. Alex Smith started that entire year. So it probably is also a little easier prep, you know, hey, you know, for Mahomes teaching the young yeah. guy, teaching Mahomes because hey, this is what I'm seeing right here. This is why I did that. Knowing, okay, at the end of the year, I'm probably gonna be gone, but I can help you along the way because, hey, I'm balling. I'm having the best year of my career, statistically. Statistically, wow. he had the best year of his career. I'm playing at a high level. Jimmy, and maybe maybe Jimmy might look at it, hey, I got a, I got a thumb injury. I, if it wasn't for the thumb injury, I'd be starting, so let me help the young guy. But I don't know. I think Symmetry 7 said it best, man. How often do the cameras show the sideline? Because you haven't seen Jimmy talk to Trey in a five-second flash. Y'all got to knock it off. And I agree. And, and that's my thing where it's like, we, we don't we don't know you know like yeah they do show certain things or sometimes they'll they'll pan to the sideline and you'll see a guy sitting there we we didn't see it but because we didn't see it that doesn't mean that it's not it happening. happen or it right. doesn't mean that it's not happening in practice or that doesn't mean that it's not happening in the meeting room so yeah. uh there could be some help uh, a lot of help going on I, jimmy doesn't strike me as someone that would have the type of attitude to not help the younger guy I, I know you have a show coming up, so I'm going to get you out of here on this, and then I'm going to get the other callers on. No problem. But I want to ask you this. Essentially, this is a must-win game for the 49ers, and, and we'll win. know again heading into – heading into, when the, by the time the 49ers game starts, we'll know if the 49ers have to win because right. the Saints and Falcons play in the early state of the games. No, they play How do the you same see time. this game? Right? Huh? They, they play at the same time, bro. No, are you play- sure? Yeah, 425, man. They the NFL is the worst. I don't know how you love this one, bro. <laughs> oh, man. They did us the dirty, movie? bro. Nah, they they I think they got the 425, the other 425 slot, bro. Wow. They did this on purpose to us, bro. Like, so so the whole time the 49ers are playing, they have to come with it. Like this, they can't, they don't even know what's going on in New Orleans in, in New Orleans. I mean Atlanta, that's where they're gonna be. It's the same time. Well, bro. I know we'll all be on our phones. I'll be. Are you going to be at the game? You're not going to the game, huh? I, I'll be at the game, bro. Oh, okay. Nice, nice, nice. So I'll be at the game, too. Okay, so before I get you out there, I want to know, what are your thoughts on how this game is going to play out? Oh, my gosh. So, so I, I, I'm hoping Trey Lance gets his second, you know, start at home. I mean, on the road, excuse me, Um, because he started in Arizona. I, I think the game is going to play out the way we need. I think it's going to be another slow start. I think that's what the 49ers, if you think about what's been most consistent with the 49ers after week one, it's been slow starts, right? And then they found ways to close out the games. Jimmy got a couple of games he was able to close out. Like he found a way to, to win in Philly. Uh, and then after that, his closing out is kind of like 
slept off, right? But Trey found a way to come back and get this lead and then take the lead and run with it. And so I think now we do know that the Rams are a little bit more in sync now. They got those extra pieces, Vaughn Miller, OBJ, uh, Cooper Cup's the best wide receiver in the NFL. It's going to be crazy to see how we're going to go out there and defend that. But our defense is really good, bro. Even though our DBs are suspect, I'm hoping we get Emmanuel Mosley back. Even if we don't get Emmanuel Mosley back, you got to throw Josh Norman back out there and just work with it. Like, you just got to let him work and see what happens. But I do like what's going on with Embry Thomas. Seems like he's getting better, but you can break that down. I would love to hear your breakdown on how Embry's getting better. We, I got to bring you on my show so you could break down Embry Thomas one day this week. Yeah. Because you got it. But um, I think that the 49ers are going to be just fine. They just got to capitalize off of the Rams' mistakes because Matt Stafford makes mistakes. So if you capitalize off his mistakes, meaning score points, the 49ers will get extra points to work with, and they'll be fine. And they could win this game. Listen, Kyle Shanahan typically, usually, all the time, beats Sean McVay. It's just going to look a little different because of the stakes. And being that this is a must-win game, they got to do it by any means necessary bro so i think they'll be just fine all right man i man wayne i appreciate you for your time man let everybody know where they can find you at for sure guys listen go to youtube.com backslash wayne breezy i'm also on twitch.tv backslash wayne breezy that's where i do the madden simulations man those be fun on saturdays bro you gotta check them out all right and you know what you know just for you wayne i think i'm gonna do a, a all 22 film breakdown of Ambry thomas oh, we'll see if i have time it. to get to that today so I I, i'll post it to i'll post it to uh youtube and i'll do like the little whole premiere thing we'll see if i can if i can get through it and i can cut up enough clips you know you know how i do because my my breakdowns on guys would be like you know yeah. 15 20 clips kind of showing guy away from the ball and everything and how they're moving how they're working i'll, I'll get to that just for you man appreciate you brother happy new year man. all right when you have a good one bro thanks peace for coming on peace all right guys that was my guy wayne breezy from the uh nitty gritty Niner gang now I'm going to give you all the opportunity to come on live, talk about the things that you want to talk about, ask me any questions, whatever it is, uh, whether it's pertaining to the 49ers Rams game or other. So go ahead, click the link in the chat. Y'all know what it is. As always, this show is powered by Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com, or download the Underdog Fantasy app. When you type in promo code Crocky, they'll match whatever you deposit when you first sign up. Get you If you're into over-unders, if you're into, you know, parlaying, making some money off of what players may or may not do in upcoming games, download the Underdog Fantasy app right now. Use promo code Crocky. Do that right now. All right, got a couple callers coming on. All right, first up, I got my guy, Dion. Dion, good morning, bro. How you doing? Hey, what's good? Crocky, how you doing, brother? Oh man, I'm chilling, chilling. I'm good. How, how how are you feeling about the game this weekend? And tomorrow we'll we'll get more into uh the actual like details and intricacies of the game, but uh just in a broad generalization, how do you feel about uh kind of a must-win scenario for the 49ers? Um, I feel really good about it. And the main reason that I feel good about it is because when we beat the Rams, it's typically with that run game that we have um, with Elijah healthy. And then you have, uh, you know, Trey is an extra runner. So that's what the Rams have to typically worry about. So you have Trey is an extra runner. You have, um, you know, the play action stuff that we can do. You got a couple of bootlegs, things like that. I feel really good about the game, man. I think it's going to be a good game. 
Um, the only thing I don't feel good about is that dang COVID list. Um, really banking on getting all the guys back that we need. We need K1 out there. We need Tart out there, uh, not Tart Ward. So we need those guys, you know, at a bare minimum to be out there to do what we need to do because we can't sit up here and mess it up um, without having those guys out there because they stopped Cooper Cup. And I don't need Cooper Cup going off. I really don't. I need Cooper Cup to <clears throat> chill out. He can have as many yards as he wants. I don't need him getting no more TDs. So that's basically how I'm feeling about the game. Um, I think that Elijah Mitchell will have another good game. Like I said before, Brunskill turns into a monster against AD. So it works. It does. And, and you're right. And another guy that turns into a monster against the Rams is who? Debo. Debo Samuel, he's been doing a really good job anytime he touches the field. Uh, do you have any concerns with a rookie court, quarterback, you know, in his third career start in this type of environment and situation? Or you feel like, nah, Trey Lance, he's going to rise to the occasion? I think he'll rise to the occasion. And mainly it's because he has poise, you know, just in general, in the pocket and on and off the field. I feel like he's one of those guys that's not going to allow everything to, you know, overwhelm him when it comes down to um, just getting on the field and knowing the magnitude of the game. And this is a make or break. If we win, we go to the playoffs. If we lose, we don't. I think Trey Lance will be perfectly fine. I think he's going to work out well. Um, and hopefully the nerves calm a little faster than they did uh, versus the um, Texans. Um, so we don't have a first half where we wind up going pretty much almost scoreless. Um, <clears throat> but hopefully he'll get through that, get through those, you know, the the, the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows. And he, he will calm down and be ready to go ahead and get out there and go. Um, the, the main thing is, you know, just keeping the kids' confidence high, making sure everybody gets behind them. And, uh, you know, everyone's giving them their full support and that the offensive line is able to take it to where they need to take it. All right, man. Dion, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Appreciate you, Crocky. Hey, y'all have a good day, man. All right. Here we go. Next up, got my guy Kenneth. My bad. Hold on. Here we go. Hold on. Here we go. Got my guy Kenneth Goldsmith. I got the name right this time, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning, Crock. Uh, good morning. How you doing this morning? You ready for this game? We got a few days away, but it's a big one, and I'm I'm prepping for it already because I fly out Friday. So in my head, it's like the game is right around the corner. Oh man, I can't wait for this game, man. I can't wait. Yeah, I, 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 I'm excited, man, because we win, we in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So I'm hoping my boys can pull out the victory, no matter who the quarterback is. Yeah, and I agree. And I want Trey, you know, because I'm just ready for something new. But if it's Jimmy, he's going to have my support, you know. He's going to have my support to get it done. Now, obviously, Jimmy is dealing with a, a thumb injury. Do mm -hmm. you, and I know you're not a doctor, but do you feel like there is an opportunity that he truly will be able to play Sunday considering the, the injury he has to his thumb? No, uh, I, I don't believe he can play in this game because, like everybody, like like we saying, how is how how is it how is his thumb going to do when he got to take the the snap underneath center? If he going to take any snaps under center, and how he's going to be able to grip the ball and throw the ball with a bump thumb? 
That's that 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 will be my concern if Jimmy Garoppolo uh starts the game. You know, he already don't he don't go off script. He don't make nobody miss. He won't scramble or nothing like that. So that would be a problem with this with if Jimmy Garoppolo starts in this game this Sunday. That's right. That's right. And uh I had somebody in the chat they want to know they said what's your what's your Twitter name? Do you have a Twitter? My Twitter name uh, I mean, it's K Goldsmith eighty seven. So, I really don't be on okay. Twitter that much. All right, yeah, you don't want to be on there, man. It's a toxic place right now. Just so. <laughs> like Facebook, man. Yeah, but all right, uh, Kendrick, man, I appreciate you coming on. Oh, go ahead, you had something? Yeah, I was about to say I uh, had one question, like, yeah, and this pertains to Jimmy Ward, but it, it, it's not talking bad about Jimmy Ward. Like, what is a free safeties? primary responsibility when they go single single high is it not huh is, is he the single high safety or is he the down guy the, the single the single high safety because you know, it, 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 it it's it's tough because you, I, I don't know what he's being told to do uh -huh. so obviously like you know you do want to have somebody out there that has range sometimes yeah. and again you got to understand what what i've seen in the nfl from a single high safety, you know, there was Antonio Camardi and Darrell Revis out there on the corners. Uh -huh. And they would actually even shade away from, from Revis, Revis and, yeah, and literally yeah. leave him on an island mm -hmm. and, you know, have help to the other side. They were able to just do so much more. So, you know, in, in general, a single high safety, you want him to be able to key the quarterback, kind of key the so concepts going on, get his depth and be able to run sideline to sideline. Yeah. But I think it's it could be different depending on who's on the field with that guy and what the scheme is asking of him to do. Yeah, okay. Because uh, um, my thing with Jimmy – I mean, not Jim, Jimmy Ward is doing the singles high. is like when we get beat for them, them deep passes, he tends to jump the crossing route and, you know, in our corner get beat deep. That's why I was asking. <laughs> And it, it, it's a tough job out there, like especially when you're when you have a single high safety and he's in the middle of the field. Mm. Essentially, your corners they're kind of on an island. Like if you yeah. have a ball that's thrown yeah. on the sideline, yeah, they really don't got much help. So yeah. I remember saying that before 49ers ran a lot of that cover three Seattle scheme. Yeah, Everybody calls yeah, it yeah. like, oh, it's just a it's a zone scheme. Like, man, you ain't really got much help. You'll have a little bit of yeah, inside help on yeah. things right now underneath. But yeah. as far as, like, vertically and anything pushing to the sideline, don't uh -huh. got help unless the safety gets a beat on it right away. But if you yeah. even watch a guy like Earl Thomas and what made Earl Thomas so good uh, as kind of being that safety, that type of guy, a lot of it was, uh, you know, him jumping things on crossers and things like that and picking those off and getting a beat on where the quarterback wants to go. And guys like Brandon Browner and Richard Sherman really uh -huh. holding it down on the outside, even from press alignment. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Like once again, it was no shot at Jimmy Ward because I think his, his play style is like fitting the more be closer to the line of scrimmage. That's just my opinion on that. What you think about that? Well, I think he's an elite man coverage safety. So, uh -huh. you know, Anytime you kind of see him in that role, obviously he's going to be closer to line scrimmage and his presence is more felt uh, throughout a game. 
So oh. I hope they throw him on Cooper Cup. Cooper a good Cup. Amount. Me too. Now, me not, too. Me too. That's not to say that Cooper Cup won't get his. Obviously, he's he's been tremendous. And I just looked up his stats. We're talking about God Cooper Cup, 138 receptions, 1829 yards, and 15 touchdowns. That's I mean, that's, that's unheard of. That's unheard yeah, of. But that's against crazy. us, yeah. But against us, I don't think he's going to go off. But he's going to have a good game because mm-hmm. I believe we're going to shrink the game. Right. And they're going to need to. But, Kenneth, man, I appreciate you coming on, bro. I'm going to get the next caller on. All right. Thanks for having me, Croc. All right. Coming on now, man. And shout out to everybody that's in the chat right now being active. Uh, I, I appreciate all the, the back and forth, everybody, you know, giving their opinions. That's what this is for, right? That's what a YouTube platform is for. Give your opinions. I'll talk about mine. And uh, we keep it pushing. Got my guy Darius coming on. Darius, good morning, bro. Good morning, man. Good morning on the family. Hope everybody feeling good today. I got in a little late, man. And so uh I missed out on like the first first like 45 minutes. But I seen you was talking about it's a must win. Um yeah. I don't know. I know people all everybody want to see Trey. I want to see Trey myself, right? I do want to see Trey. But it's like you can't be mad at the people that want to see Jimmy as well because Jimmy – let me read these stats to you that I just got last night. Um, so you got the Rams. They got the highest pass rush win rate at 48%. And Jimmy G is the fourth best quarterback versus the Blitz. Uh, Matt Stafford, I believe, he, I believe he's a, he was first. The top four comes from um, the NFC West, which was kind of dope. Top four uh, quarterbacks versus the Blitz. So – I'm saying all that to say this. Lance has that slow release, I guess you could say. Like he holds on to the ball a lot. He did that a lot in the first. I know in the second half he got it together and he, he was darting them in on those quick slants. But, I mean, can he do this all game? And that's the unknown. That's that's the kind of like the uncertainty. And we know he has ability. We know he has agility. We know he can move around and he can create. And he's beautiful. He's, 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 he's electrifying for sure. But... I don't know. It's like it, 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 there's still a lot to, to be seen. And I understand why, like if, if Jimmy was 100 percent, why people will want him. I would want him if he was 100 percent because he knows what time it is. Like this is a pressure game. However, he there ain't no way he can be 100 percent. Like if he if he comes out this week and says, yeah, I'm ready to play. He's he's a selfish bastard, bro. Like he's selfish, bro, because it's like you were just talking about you need surgery. You know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> I like for real though, it's like, come on, bro. You just need a surgery now, so you're ready to play. Cause you seen that the boy went out there and did his thing, and he took your, he kind of took your thunder. You know what I'm saying, George? I don't know. George Kittle was mic'd up, right? And I was watching this shit, and I was telling somebody in the chat, I thought it looked kind of phony, but maybe, maybe it wasn't funny. Maybe it was real love. Maybe that's how they really, you know what I mean? Hey, Trey, go get him. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of was, that was phony to me, but maybe it ain't. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I might be reaching. Um, I don't know their life, but. You know what I'm saying? But long story short, man, um, like I wouldn't mind if Jimmy was 100, but he's just he's not. And I hope Kyle doesn't try to like I ain't gonna say force him, but, you know, I hope he's not in his ear every day. Like, hey, man, you know, you know, we really need you. We really need you. How you feeling? How you feeling today? Just focus on Trey, man. Get him. Train him up because you already did what you can for Garoppolo. Like he knows the program. Please train Trey up this COVID kind of kicked us in the ass. So, you know, Josh Norman is inevitable. That's our Thanos. 
So please, you guys, just clap for him, man, and <laughs> inspire him to make a play because we need a peanut punch. If we ever needed a peanut punch, it's this Sunday for sure. Amber Thomas, no more. Come on, bro. No more almost. I got to pick. Amber Thomas, get them hands on that ball, man, and, and, and finish the play, man, all the way. But that's that's hey. how I feel about it this week, man. That's how I feel about this must win, bro. How you feeling? I'm I'm feeling, I, you know, excited, I guess you could say. You know, I, I feel like the real fandom in me coming out. I sit and watch games, and I kind of watch it from more of a, like, coach's perspective when I'm watching games. But this one has me feeling like more of a fan again, I think, because of what's on the line. So, obviously, I am a fan. I'm a right. fan of 49ers. I mean, shoot. I was on the New York Jets, had a 49er fan case. So, I am a fan. But <laughs> just in the sense of, like, when I'm sitting there watching games, a lot of times I'm watching it to, like, like, like give analysis like that's how i kind of view it right but this one i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm gonna be at the game watching it as a fan like like a real like you know what I'm saying? because i am a real fan but as like a real that's fan. what's up man i'm excited about that i, I know exactly what you're talking about because 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 lately i've been doing the same thing i've been i've been critiquing like other other players i watch especially the, the rookies you know what i'm saying i've been making it a, a point to to catch them at least the highlights and it's, it's like i'm not watching so much as a fan is more or less like comparing and analyzing and looking at the feet working. You know what I'm saying on some, yeah, I don't know who I think I am. I don't know, an analyst or somebody, but uh, <laughs> Greg Cosell. But yeah, though, man, you have a good day, Croc, man. Yeah, exactly, bro. But have a good day, though, bro. You be smooth, man. All right, big dog. All right, you stay up. All right, that's my guy Darius right there. Next up, I'm bring. Oh, uh, before we get to the next caller. I got one more caller coming on. I do have some numbers I wanted to kind of go over as it pertains to the Rams. And again, we'll get more to more into the Rams coming up. But some interesting numbers here uh, from David Lombardi, where he says, uh, perhaps the most underrated aspect of San Francisco's turnaround is the run defense, DVOA. He's big on the whole DVOA thing. Uh, the 49ers, second in the NFL against the run as, uh, with the whole DVOA numbers. So, I don't know what this means, 22.7%, uh, but it's second in the NFL only to the Saints, who actually have a pretty large lead over uh, the next best team. And then when you look at you know, the DVOA between both teams, the 49ers in DVOA, which kind of shows that they're able to play. I don't want to say it shows that they play better than what their record is. All right, but the 49ers overall are the seventh team in DVOA. You know, to be honest, I don't even know what the, what the hell DVOA means. But I know it means something from an analytical standpoint, tying everything in. <laughs> I know that much. And, you know, from that perspective, the 49ers are number seven, and the Rams, I believe, are number five. The 49ers' offense is fifth in DVOA. Their defense is eighth. The LA Rams' offense is sixth in DVOA. Their defense is fifth. So they're both pretty high there. The drastic difference right here in David Lombardi's tweet is 49 special teams, 27th. The Rams special team is sixth. So I think from that standpoint, a big thing that the 49ers need to make sure that they do is don't put yourself in weird situations because bad special teams moments. All right, we got a super chat right here from our guy Pizza Diaper. Uh, Jimmy's going to hurt the team if he plays again. I'd say this. 
Jimmy won't hurt the team if he plays again because Kyle won't put him out there if he doesn't feel like that thumb is ready to go to not hurt the team. So if, if there's any way that Jimmy's going to hurt the team because of his thumb, I don't believe Kyle Shanahan to play him. So if you see Jimmy out there, it's because his that thumb is 100%. Now, if you listen to Kyle Shanahan and what he said in the press conference, he doesn't expect it to be 100%. So I believe he is game prepping and game planning for Trey Lance. And we'll find out more today. Today is the, the first Wednesday practice. They're going to talk about it after, kind of what's going into this game. So we'll definitely know more about Jimmy Garoppolo, his thumb, and who's taking starter reps right now, if I had to guess. If, if you had a gun to my head right now, I would say Jimmy uh, will not be playing and Trey Lance will be the starter. All right, here we go. Got my guy Eddie V coming on. Eddie, man, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Croc. What's going on, bro? Oh, man, I'm chilling, bro. Chilling, chilling. All right, cool. So <clears throat> I just wanted to bring something up real quick um, that I was, I was thinking about, and that was um, Jeff Wilson. Right, Jeff Wilson didn't get any carries this last game. So I'm wondering if this is the ideal time to get them some carries and see if they can't uh, sustain some drives using the run game um, and, and keeping that Rams offense uh, off of the field. The other thing is I'm thinking that may, uh, let's say, reduce some of the pressure that's on Trey's, Trey's shoulder to have to win this game on the road. It's only going to be his third start. Um, so, you know, if they can, if they can sustain, sustain some drives with the run game, play solid defense, I think that gives us a, a, a better chance to win. What do you think? Right. You know, and I think, you know, to answer the, the last part, I think that is the recipe for the 49ers and most teams, right? Uh, you know, you want to be able to control the environment of the game and the, and the flow of the game. I think with the 49ers, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, because I know you said like for a rookie, but I think if it's Jimmy or Trey Lance, what do they want to do? How do they want to win? They want to win running the rock, right? Uh, when they played earlier this year, I believe the 49ers ran the ball 40 times. Now, here's the thing. We have to ask ourselves, did they, you know, run 40 times because they were able to? Obviously, they kept some drives going, but the 49ers also jumped out to a big lead, right? How did they jump out to a big lead? They had back-to-back -back interceptions on the first two drives from the Rams. On the first one, uh, Matthew Stafford threw the ball deep. It was picked off by Jimmy Ward, where there was a miscommunication between uh, Odell and Stafford. I believe that was Odell Beckham's first game. And then the next interception was a pick six on a bobbled screenplay in return. So the 49ers ended up going up right away. Do, can you count on that same scenario happen again? And if it doesn't, can you still run the ball at the clip that you did in the initial game? That would be something that I look for. And then for the first thing that you talked about with getting uh, Jeff Wilson involved, I really feel like they like Debo as their second running back. <laughs> you know, like, like they obviously they have Hasty, obviously they have Jeff Wilson, but I do think if it comes to like who's go who's going to have the second most carries, it's probably going to be Debo Samuel. So that's just kind of how they're doing it. That's how they're kind of playing their cards right now. Debo is essentially their second running back when it comes to carries. Yeah, and I was watching the uh, the film review with uh, with Grant Cohn and uh, Jack Hammer, and they were talking about you know every time Debo lines up in the backfield, he's pretty much getting the ball, and the defense kind of keys in on that. So I'd like to see Kyle get a little bit more creative, maybe start with Debo in the backfield, but oh. let him run out for a pass. 
that was something I noticed early on in the Texans game. There was a couple things I noticed. And one thing I meant to tweet out, and, and, and I'll talk about that in a second. But when they did that thing where they split out Debo Samuel and emotional him into the backfield, and then did that thing where they kind of just handed off to him, after the first time, oh, they were jumping it. They were keen on it. And he wasn't able to get that corner. So they definitely have to be a little bit more creative with how they utilize him. One thing that we haven't really seen is when they flip it to him behind. Like when the when you have something going this way and, and then you flip flip it to Debo who starts out as a receiver tight and he comes in that big moon motion behind the quarterback and they toss it to him and, he, and they have pulling guys coming around the edge. I haven't seen that. So maybe that's another wrinkle that they could utilize. They've been going more towards, hey, you are in a true running back stance and we hand the ball off to you as opposed to starting off at, as a receiver, lining up out wide or a tight split and, and doing the moon motion and getting the ball. We saw it in the Super Bowl. We saw it on the long touchdown runs in 2019 against like the Seahawks down the left sideline. Uh, he did it against the Rams. So will they start to do more of that? Will they do different things to kind of get the ball in his hands with jet sweeps? I couldn't tell you the last time I saw uh, Debo Samuel catch a jet sweep, but we know he could do that. Scored a touchdown on that in 2020 against the Rams at Levi Stadium. It was a catch, tossed to him. He catches it, gets around the corner, scores a touchdown. So they do have to kind of get back to being a little bit more creative as opposed to just when Debo Samuel's in the backfield, we know he's trying to hit the edge. Appreciate you, Croc. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Here we go. Got some super chats to get to. Good one from my guy, Symmetry7. He says, is there any concern for Silverback's elbow injury? He uh, Has he returned to practice yet? If he can't go, how does that affect Trey and Jimmy's success Sunday? I think that's a big deal, right? Um, the Rams do have Von Miller. I forget they have Von Miller. <laughs> but, you know, having Von Miller, and again, is he the Von Miller of old? No. But... Guys like that, I never count them out. I feel like at any point, like the old them can like pop up and affect the game at just the most inopportune time. So um, having him out there to really control guys, whether it's Von Miller, whether it's Aaron Donald, who sometimes will line up on the edge, uh, you know, I think that helps. As far as, you know, if he's been at practice and things like that, we'll know more about that today. So we'll find out today if he's practicing, what's the extent of it. If I had to guess, I mean, you call him a silverback, man. Like I know that's his nickname. Like he, that's a, that's a gorilla. You know what I'm saying? So I, I expect him to play. I I don't doubt that. I, I like it's, it's not even crossing my mind that he ain't gonna be out there and be you know good and ready to go. But if he's not, yes, it definitely will affect Jimmy and Trey's success Sunday as it pertains to them, you know, just being comfortable in the pocket, especially Trey Lance, who takes a little bit more time getting the ball out of his pocket. GM Croc, random thought. Uh we should draft. We should draft Lance a deep threat college receiver, Christian Watson. Uh, check him out. He played with Lance College in 2019. I'm very familiar with him. Matter of fact, I tweeted out a couple times because, you know, you get so, like, locked in on Trey Lance and, and what he's doing and and throwing this. I meant I said moon, moon motion. I meant orbit motion. That's what I meant right there. Orbit motion. My bad. My bad. There we go, symmetry. What am I back? All right. But um, Christian Watson. It, you know, you you watch you're watching Trey Lance, and it's like, okay, oh, nice throw. Okay, damn, he made this throw. Okay, nice throw, nice throw. And then, like maybe my second or third time through, I started saying, who the hell is number one? <laughs> who is number one? Because he's faster than everybody. 
He's making these terrific catches. Uh, there were some really tight area throws that Trey Lance was making uh, where it was like you can only throw into this area. He was making the catch one foot down, like touchdown. He he did a lot. He did a lot, and he was a guy. And I agree. I think ideally for the 49ers, I think they need a pure speedster, and I think they need a big receiver. If they can get both of those guys in one, I think that's that's a that's a win-win right there. And I do believe somebody like Christian Watson, and we'll see what he turns out to be. I think he he at the very least brings that element. We'll see how fast he runs. I, I think he has good ball skills. He was a guy, they used him every which way. We talked about Debo Samuel, the orbit motions and getting the ball in his hands. But that was Christian Watson for North Dakota State. They figured out ways to get him the ball, and he was just moving at a different speed than everybody. So he is kind of this 6'4 guy. Um, he looks to be a terrific athlete. He's number one. If you guys you know didn't watch him in Trey Lance's year, you'll see him pop off the screen almost immediately, uh, catching the ball downfield, outrunning defensive backs uh, consistently. The, the, the one pushback on Christian Watson, and again, I, have, I, I never watched him to like – to analyze him and his ability. But I, you know, I trained athletes and I had a kid that I trained, uh, you know, I trained him when he was a junior, senior, uh, sometimes, you know, when he was in junior college. Now he just won a national title last year or in the COVID year with Sam Houston. Uh, he plays there. I asked him about them because he played against North Dakota State. He actually had an interception in that game. And I think he had it on Watson, matter of fact. I think he had it guarding Watson. And I was like, hey, what'd you think about him? And he said, man, to be honest, Croc, he was sorry, man. He was regular. So I don't know if he's just talking, but obviously, or maybe that was just his experience with Watson, but I will definitely dive into, you know, his film, evaluate him and highlight him as a prospect. And if you want that evaluation, check out Locked On NFL Draft. Uh, subscribe to that on, you know, whatever streaming platform you use. And we'll be getting into a lot of those type of receivers, prospects, everybody in general. All right. Here we go. Trade for Tyreek Hill. I think that would be the most, that would be <laughs> not happening, but I get what you're saying. You know, I'm a big believer in player development. And we talk about, you know, guys like, uh, you know, guys like, Ambry Thomas. I know everybody wants that, that thing right now. But find your own Tyreek Hill. And I know it's not that simple. It's not that simple. But take a shot on finding your own guy and, and, and develop him. And, you know, okay, if you want a pure speedster, like a pure speedster, I'm talking about a 4-2-4-3 guy, go find that guy. He's in the draft. There are guys that are blazing. Tyreek Hill was a running back at one point in college. Then he went to a Division II school, West Georgia. I played against West Georgia. Or West Alabama. I played against West Alabama, too. Uh, but then he went to a Division II school. You know, find like turn over every little, you know, rock and find that guy that you feel like brings that type of ability and see if you can mold him. And, and I'm not saying he'll be Tyreek Hill. There's only one Tyreek Hill. But maybe he has, he could bring, you know, that different type of element. Maybe not to the extent of Tyreek Hill, but something along those lines. 
All right, y'all. That's going to do it for today's episode, man. I appreciate everybody coming in here. Again, if you haven't already, if you like this show, there's over, what, 380 of y'all in here right now. If you like this show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We're going to be back tomorrow morning. I'm hoping to get a Rams content creator on the show. This is a huge, huge game. It's damn near winner go home. Won't be here Friday. I'll be traveling to California. I'm going to the game. If you're going to be at the game, holler at me. Shoot me a DM. Let's go. I'll be at all this stuff going on. The invasion on Saturday. The uh, John Chapman's things uh, Saturday evening. I'm at all that, man. We turned up. We ready to go. Me and my brother. You'll know it's me. You'll see my brother. He got tattoos all over his face. All right. If you like this show, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. There's a few more questions. Make sure I miss on any, any of these. There we go. All right, man. Uh, but yeah, y'all. Appreciate everybody's in the chat. Appreciate all y'all. Love y'all. Make sure y'all mental health good, everything good. And we back here tomorrow morning, same time, same place, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, 6.30 a.m. Pacific time. I'm out. Peace. I'm back. I know the number is going to drop off, but I hope I get a chance to answer this question because this is something that has been talked about a lot. And, and I got to, I don't want to say I want to come to Tyreek Hill's defense, but there, there are a lot of things that came out about that situation. Something's kind of, I don't want to say taken out of context, but It depends on, I don't want to say how you grew up. I didn't grow up getting beat on by my parents. All right, I didn't grow up getting beat on by my parents. I've never laid a finger on a female, ever, ever, never, ever. There's a vid, there's an audio out there about the Tariq Hill situation. And is it's out there, and for whatever reason, people kind of like skip over it. Or they take out of it little little things that they want, and then they 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 push that out there. But that audio, where they're in like an airport, it's him, it's his his, his lady, whatever they were at the time, and she's recording them. She's recording them. Tyreek Hill has no idea that he's being recorded, and he brings up the situation from college. And how he's like, why did you do, like, why did you lie? She wasn't expecting this. She was talking about the son. His son broke his arm. And essentially what it sounded like to me was he he whooped his son. He gave his son a whooping somehow. And, and I'm not saying I condone that. But I understand what he was saying from his standpoint of son did some discipline your son, whatever. It went too far. All right, I'm not taking up for that. But as far as, like, people getting whoopings, I got whoopings. I'd say out of the... Almost 300 people that are still in here. Half y'all probably got whoopings. Now, I never got an arm broken or anything like that or any, you know, but I know I got whoopings. So in the sense of kind of disciplining the kid, um, I don't really whoop my kids. I, I, I don't. We kind of got away from that a little bit. But, and, you know, if something happened, you know, and I don't know if y'all, y'all that have gotten whoopings, uh, you know, sometimes kids like try to run, they try to, you know, they're flailing around or whatever. They could fall, break them. Off. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. All right. But something happened with that. 
as far as the situation with him and putting his hands on women, because that's a big thing, right? Listening to that audio, it was clear that the situation did not play out how everybody thinks. And I'll tell you what I heard from it, and then we'll we'll move on and we'll get out of here. But the thing that I took from that audio that nobody really references, he's not, he doesn't even know that he was he doesn't know that he's being recorded. He brings up that situation and says, You're trying to do to me, like, or he was like, You're talking about it. He was like, you always do this. You'd be lying on this and that. And he brings up that situation from when he was in college. I think that got him kicked out of Oklahoma State, the beating of the female. And he talks about how he's like, I never hit you. I put you out. You were upset. The other chick or whatever. And the girl, she knows she's recording live. So she keeps trying to go back to like um, the, the whooping situation. And he's going in on the situation saying, you lied on me. And then you had me have to go to court, yada, yada, yada. And he settled because there was no way for him to prove his innocence in that situation. But essentially what happened was she went through his phone or he went through his phone, something like that. One of them was cheating on each other. He put her out of the house and he was like, I never hit you. I never harmed you. He put her out of the house and... She was upset about whatever happened with the phones or whatever, with the cheating or whatever happened. And she went to the police and said that he put hands on her. And he discusses that in an audio where he does not know he's being recorded. So that that's one thing. I know everybody hates him. Again, and I'm not saying he's this great person, but I know as far as that situation, for whatever reason, that audio is out there. And if y'all want, type in, this, type in Tyreek Hill audio girlfriend, whatever, and I bet you it pops up and listen to it. And don't take, you know, my word for it. Listen to it and tell me what you think. It's, it sounds like she was trying to get him to admit to abusing his child. He somehow got onto the situation of, you know, the past when they were in college and how that played out and how he felt like she was trying to do something like that to him again. So that that's just my... Y'all, y'all listen to it. I don't know. That that's just kind of how I try to look at all sides to everything. Clearly, when you guys tune into my 49ers content, I look at all sides of everything and I try to give an honest assessment. And listening to that audio, it was it was interesting. I say that. But anyways, I appreciate y'all, man. We out. Intercepted. It is picked off by Eric Crocker over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace. Peace.